Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo in Tupelo. Be a little weird if Brupolo was in Pickens, you know, Robbie. That would be really weird. Brukens. Brukens. I like the name. I won't lie to you. Brukens. But I don't know. I don't think it works. Well, wherever you go, we got a new camera, by the way, here in the uh, and it is really highlighting my pores. I feel I feel so seen right this second. I look like an Instagram nice, filter. Nice HD camera. Yeah, it's 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 nice, but it's better than my camera right now. Well, your camera's just your your monitor camera. I got the whole setup here. Yeah, you can so. tell. You definitely tell a difference. Well, thank you. Do I, do I look mean, better or worse? You look good, and you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I am. I am. You, if you're if you listened to or if you watch Sports Talk Mississippi on Wednesday, you'll get to see this uh, or Thunder and Lightning live for that matter. You kind of look like Newman in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Will Rogers is going to throw for five thousand yards. See, no one cares. <laughs> Wherever you go, Strange Brew Coffee House can be there with you. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. You order it for shipping. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find maroon and white merchandise. You can't find just everywhere else. Only College Corner has the biggest and best selection in all of central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They are in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Ooh, sorry, just something, something caught my eye. Oh. Should I attempt to do that? I don't know. Should you attempt what? Next, the next baseball season, 2023 Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Giants opened the season in New York against the Yankees. Ooh. I would I'm love gonna, to, I would love to go to, uh, I'm going to put some game. thought into that to maybe taking a trip up there. I'm going to put some thought into that. You know, when I go there, though, if I want Mexican food, I promise I won't find it any better than I find it here in Starville when I go to Humble Taco. Humble Taco is Starville's best Mexican restaurant. No questions asked because it's different than everything else. I know we got 27,000 Mexican restaurants in this town, but 26,999 of them are the same thing. The same tacos everywhere you go. There's nothing different when you want something unique, but it's also delicious. You got to go to Humble Taco Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Get over there to University Drive. Sit out on the patio, enjoy this wet weather that we're having. The temperatures are nice. Grab a margarita, grab some chips and salsa, and grab a delicious taco at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs, that's the place to go when you're looking for an easy and a quick and a delicious lunch. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order online. It's ready within minutes. 
and so are the reward points. They pile up faster with Firehouse Hubs than just about any other app. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. I'm really going to think about this New York thing now. Giants, Giants at Yankee Stadium. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. How I've, I've I've always wanted to uh, to take in a game there. I got to go to Pittsburgh. Now I need to go to Yankee Stadium. March thirtieth, twenty twenty three, and then they're off on Friday. That's a Thursday. They're off Friday, and they play Saturday, Sunday. I could do two games. I'm gonna look into it. I'm gonna look into Might it. Well. Yeah. It'll be a little, little little trip for me. I can get up with the newly appointed uh, King of the South, Brandon Walker, while I'm up there. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really know what's going on with this. Something's happening barstool-wise. I don't, I don't know. I need to find out. I need to find out. We will find out. Speaking of Brandon, once he gets his picks into us, or if he doesn't, he'll just be out of the loop. Uh, but tomorrow we will reveal our seventh. It's the seventh annual. I can't believe it's been seven years. Mississippi State media poll. We've polled everybody who covers Mississippi State here locally, plus Brandon from up at Barstool, to get their thoughts on the upcoming 2022 season. We will reveal that poll and all all that it entails on tomorrow's show. Today's show, though, we got plenty to talk about. Uh, we've got a little. We're gonna talk some defense in just a moment. Uh, we got an opponent preview to do. Uh, the Arizona Wildcats. No interview for that. I could not. I, I tried. I tried. I don't have the connections. I guess. And then we've got one more game on the countdown as we're down to the top three, final three games in Mississippi State history. But let's start with defense. We'll sort of pick up where we were on uh, on Monday's show. I guess that was Tuesday's show. Where we, we broke down the offensive side of the depth chart, what it looks like now that practice has kind of moved into the, uh, the you know, it's out of the preseason and, and into game prep. We're we're still waiting on word for injury for Jaden Crumity, but I feel confident we can say week one he's not going to be out there on the field for for Mississippi State. So with this three man front for the Bulldogs, I'll give you three names going left to right, and you tell me what you think. But I would say I think starting out you're going to see Pickering and Young on the field at the same time. Those are the best two guys, and I think they can play that defensive tackle position. One of them can, along with probably Jordan Davis, maybe Randy Charlton, but I'm going to say Davis. Young Pickering is your first three. I think Charlton is probably going to start. Over Davis? Over, um, no, over uh, Pickering. It's a tackle then? We're, we're, I, I think I guess I'm having yes. Pickering there. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm changing my stance on Jordan Davis. I think he probably will start at that other spot. But I think it can be interchangeable. I think DeMonte Russell's been good enough that – and it's the same thing with Charlton – I think Charlton and Pickering can be interchangeable. Uh, and I think Pickering can slide inside if you need him. If you need to give Cam Young a break, he can play that uh, nose tackle spot, and you can have Randy Charlton at the strong side defensive end. It's it, you know it's a good problem to have. Even with losing Jaden Crumity, you We've have about the depth. Really good you, just, you just said it. So. Basically, you you go from you know you lose Crumity that basically moves Pickering outside more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll probably utilize him more outside, which he's perfectly capable of doing. He can be a mismatch problem there, too. He's quick enough and agile enough and big enough to combat whoever's in front of him at that tackle spot. Um, and then as a, as a nose tackle, you slide him inside, and he can get around uh, the center and, and make some plays there. So, I, you know, it's not a good thing that you lost Jaden Crumity, but I think you're going to be fine. 
Yeah, you know, I, I agree. This was a position where you could take the hit, even of. I mean, Crumity, you can make a great case, and he probably is your best player at that position. But this was a position where you had the depth to absorb the blow. This isn't losing Will Rogers. This isn't losing Emmanuel Forbes. This is a, you know, a situation where you can put in another guy that you have a lot of confidence in. I, and I'll say this: I, I think that Pickering is more dynamic. I agree. Comedy. Well, I, I think Pickering has a higher ceiling. Yeah, I know that's hard. Hard. That's it's difficult to say that when a guy you're talking about a guy Pickering has been here. This is his what fourth year at Mississippi State. You would think, okay, well, when's he going to get to that ceiling? I think this is the year. The COVID year. You know, he opted out at some point, and I think there was a little bit of a long road back of getting his confidence back. I think you might see uh, Nathan Pickering, the guy that we thought was signing with Mississippi State as a freshman, that we're like, okay, this is the next guy in this line of defensive linemen. You might see him this year. It could be, I mean, the, the money year term might be be in in, in play here. And another, I'm I, really, I, I'm really ahead. interested to see. You know, we have a whole season to play here, but who comes back next year is is my big yeah. thing. Um, you know, if Pickering. If he can get one more year where he's, you know, kind of the guy at one of these spots, you know, that that would be interesting to see. I think Cam Young, I know Randy Charlton's going to be gone. Jordan Davis probably. But, you know, what does Jaden Crumity do? Does he decide to come back for another year and, and, uh, and try to get a full year on film? Does Pickering decide to come back? It's going to be really interesting to see. But right now you have four – senior defensive linemen that are going to be playing major reps. And then DeMonte Russell, who's played a good bit as a junior, you have a whole lot of experience up front. Yeah. And you you got the ability to mix and match guys for different situations. I, I talked about this the other day that you could see, I mean, on third and long, I love the idea of, of a pickering or a young in the middle with Davis and DeMonte Russell on either side of them to provide a little extra pass rush. But if you want to go big and you want to, you know, when Crumity gets back, you can go young Crumity and Pickering out there and really put the beef out there on third. State's got a lot of, of toys to play with there. Does Zach Arnett and Jeffrey Phelps at that position. So you're going to, so what's your starting three, just to be sure. Um, I'm going to have Randy Charlton on um, at the, I guess, tackle spot, Jordan Davis defensive end, and then uh, Cam Young nose guard. All right, that'll work. But like I said, I think DeMonte Russell and Nathan Pickering are kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, 1B. There you go. All right, linebacker. I think you obviously you – know, I think these guys are sort of in Sharpie, right? Watson, Johnson, and Wheat. I, I think there's no question that those are the three starting linebackers. Yeah, I feel very good about those three. Put a lot of football now. And uh, they were kind of unquestionably the best three, but I would say Deshaun Page is nipping at the heels. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if he became a starter or got significant reps this year, it would not shock me. I think he's going to be playing a whole lot and be almost like a starter. That's an interesting because he's another guy I think can be versatile. He's a guy I think could slip inside if you needed him to, but he has the the speed and the athleticism to play out there on the edge if you want to do that. Wheat is the guy who – it really feels like he's got some buzz right now. You know, Seeing him uh, third-team All-SEC was surprising to me. And just everything I've heard out of practice is he knows that he, he has a chance to be the guy on this defense. 
that he could be the guy who's you know pushing for double digit sacks and push himself into a great position in the NFL draft. If I had to pick a guy on this defense, breakout year is not fair because he's played well the past two years. But if, to, to really take a big step forward and get some national attention, Tyrus Wheat might be that guy. Yeah. And, you know, the two years ago he had, to me, the better season that he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I thought, you know, there was better pass rush two years ago than there was last year. And I think that that helped him out a little bit to have, you know, some guys that were able to come off the edge and, and rush the quarterback a little bit better. I thought their pass rush kind of dipped down a little bit last year with Jordan Davis, with DeMonte Russell, Nathan, Pitt, Nathan Picker and guys like that. I think that helps Tyrus Wheat. That frees him up a little bit to kind of come in there and, and be, you know, so there's, the, he's one of those guys, he looks huge. Yes. But he's like, he's very deceptive. His athleticism it's is weird. very deceptive. It's he weird. Played, that he, he's almost like a defensive back, but he looks size. like a defensive end, right? If, <laughs> if you put it, if you put his hand on the ground, it would, you know, it, I I would just think it's another defensive lineman. It wouldn't right. shock me at all. But he was he's a safety like, in JUCO. People forget that he was he was he was a safety. He's kind of like Nathan Pickering a little bit. You know, Pickering's body looks much bigger than his athleticism shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pickering's the dusty. That's a good Rhodes. thing. That's how you. That's guys who in the NFL tend to have that situation going for them. So he's the Dusty Rhodes of Mississippi State defensive lineman. Two hundred eighty pounds of athleticism and sex appeal, if you will. You get if if people have not seen it, you got to go find Dusty Rhodes in that celebrity basketball game they were playing. Oh, in. He, had, he had skills. They were like you know like Sting was out there in Zubaz and Lex Luger and those guys. And Dusty was just lighting it up. Could not be stopped. Yeah. And it was almost like there was a guy in a fat suit running down the court. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy to watch. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, let's look at the corners. Obviously, Emmanuel Forbes, pencil him in at one of the corners. I, I feel like it, it's – I think Richardson held on to the job, you know, despite – a lot of hype for Marcus Banks. I, I, I think that it's going to be DKM Richardson to start the season a, across from uh, Emmanuel Forbes. He's just been so consistent the whole time. I mean, every time you look out there, it's him and Forbes. And very rarely see him get beat on a play or anything like that. And listen, I mean, he's living up to his potential. I mean, what? whenever State signed him late in the process, 247 – really took a flyer on this kid, thought he was going to be really, really good. So he's a sophomore now. He's in his third year, I think is correct. And he's kind of on track here. This is what 247 thought he would be. They thought he would be a starting SEC defensive back. He has the athleticism um, and the skill set to do it. He was one of those guys that was just kind of really raw coming out of the state of Louisiana but we were high on him. We, I mean, he's top 15 guy in the state of Louisiana. We thought after a couple of years he would be a starter in this league, and that's where he is. And I've been impressed with him being able to hold that spot down because there, there are some guys that could pop in there. DeCarlis Nicholson, uh, Aldavian Collins has had a really good camp as a true freshman. Hunter Washington, you brought him in out of Florida State. And then, of course, Marcus Banks. And Marcus Banks has not been bad. I, I've, I've been impressed with him, too. It's just DCAM has been that good. And I think that's good news for State that you have those options there because you want to be able to rotate those guys in and out and not really lose much of a, a beat there. 
again, depth. This defense has it at a lot of different positions. So you're right. I mean, the ability to swap guys out is going to be huge. But Richardson has done a great job from the spring all the way through camp now of holding on to that job. So he's the guy there. And then you've got your three safeties. I feel like there's some mixing and matching going on here, but I think Jalen Green's going to hold on to that starting job, although Corey Ellington has made it very, very interesting. Colin Duncan, and then who? Uh, Jackie Matthews. Jackie Matthews is probably that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ellington is really interesting. I think his ceiling seems to be really high. Um, just it's been kind of impressive to see him kind of keeping pace here as a sophomore. And he was another one that was, you know, raw coming out of high school, but he played in most of the ball games last year. And by the end of the year was a starter at safety and he's pushing a senior safety in Jalen green for a starting spot. I think that's been really impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that too. I think Jalen is going to keep that spot. I think he's going to be the starter game one. But Ellington's pushing there, and you know Jordan Morant is is back there too. At that, he's come on strong these last couple of weeks of camp. Jordan Morant, yeah, I thought he was good in um in the uh, scrimmages. Uh, but Jackie Matthews has probably been the most impressive safety, and um, one that I feel like they haven't wanted to really hype him up because they want to kind of keep him keep him humble and, and keep him hungry because a lot of those guys, they transfer in, they think they, they got a job given to them and things like that. John Rothstein, uh, part of that equation? Yes. Okay. This is August. Yes. Um, but I think, you know, to me, he's the most impressive safety of the bunch. And then Colin Duncan, he's had that spot to lock down. He's, you know, senior, veteran. Um, a lot of people give him a lot of grief, but he's been really good. I mean, there's been no complaints for him. So you're going to have probably a uh, three-man group of all seniors. I mean, and then you have another senior coming off the bench and Sean Preston. This is a really, I mean, I, you know, we talk about it a bunch, but I just don't think people realize outside of this program how experienced this defense is. You know, Dickham Richard, Richardson is the youngest guy out there, and he's a third-year sophomore i think that's correct i think he's in his third year um so this defense is going to have a lot of reps under their belt there's not going to be a whole lot that surprises this team on that side of the ball or bothers them from a uh atmosphere standpoint or anything like that i think this is just a really really solid experienced defense I agree with you 100%. Defensively, this team should be very good. This should be Zach Arnett's best defense at Mississippi State, just with the amount of talent, the amount of depth, the amount of experience. It, the more we, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to shear wool here, I guess. I don't know. But the closer we get to the season, the more we talk about this stuff. And, and then the more that we've gotten, the most, as much as we got to see in practice and see some of these guys play out there, the, the optimism is real for me. It's, it's not forced or fake. You guys know me pretty well. If I thought this team was going to be crap, I would be the shout, shouting it from the mountaintops. There's really, if this team is bad, that's a huge, huge indictment on Mike Leach. Huge. Yeah. This it, team should be good. There's no reason for it not to be. Yeah. And, you know, we've, for the most part, we've been talking about for months that this team should be a lot better than people think. There was just, there was kind of this like, 
the shade over the team because of the, how they ended last year. And we forget that before the Egg Bowl, people were ready for you know Will Rogers to win the Heisman. They wanted this team in the Sugar Bowl and things like that. I mean, the fan base was really excited about the direction of the program until two ball games. Um, so the, those two ball games shouldn't diminish, uh, you know, that much of the, of this program, kind of the direction where it's headed. And I think that you know, after the first couple of games, I think people will be excited uh, because I, I really do think that this team has a chance to be really good. I agree. I agree with you, a hundred percent. We're going to know a lot about this team early in the season too. The way that their schedule sets up with Memphis. A team that they, you know, they lost to last year. And then with Arizona, a team that is was not good, has not been good the past couple of years, but a team that, you know, really hit the portal hard and they're they're fixing the they're gonna look very different. I'll be honest with you, as we we jump into this opponent preview, Robbie, and you know, maybe you're different than me. I, I just don't know these players. I don't know enough. You know, I, that's why I really tried to get somebody on with us because I I mean I don't the names aren't even familiar. This isn't a situation where you know, I watch a ton of SEC football, so I sort of know those guys. But even, you know, outside of that, if State was playing a team like Texas, I would recognize their names from from recruiting and things like that. I don't know anything about these guys. All I know about Arizona is they have been just god-awful the past few years. You know, Kevin Sumlin really tanked that program. Rich Rodriguez didn't do much either. They go 0-5 in the COVID year. And then follow that up with a one and eleven year last year, where they somehow beat Cal ten to three. They averaged less than twenty points per game. The most points they scored a season ago was thirty four against Southern Cal, twenty nine against Utah, and then they didn't score above twenty in a single game. Now I understand they're going to be better, and I understand they've hit the transfer portal hard. Mississippi State has no business going out to Arizona and losing this game. And in reality, this is a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. That's what Mississippi State is. They finished fourth in the West a season ago. I think they would have been like sixth overall. Playing a bottom-tier Pac-12 team, this should be an easy enough win. If it's not, it's going to be a long year in Starkville. I am, I'm coming out and telling you all that. Uh, I don't know. It's the fact that it's at their place since a weird time. Like I could see it. Being a weird night. I, this is one of those games that I think State just needs to survive. Just get the win, get out. Uh, because it's so weird. You know, it's at 10, 10 p.m. our time. Uh, you know, a few years ago, we saw State at Southern Miss, and they really struggled in that ball game. You know, the game was at like 9 o'clock or something at night. This is one of those games just like you're, you're playing on the road against um, against this team that you don't know anything about. It's just a weird game. And, you know, also they've added so many pieces. I don't know what to really expect about this team. You know, they got, uh, let's see, their class was top 25 class. Um, with the transfer, with the transfers they brought in, it was 27th. So it's it was about like Mississippi State's last year. They had three, four stars. Um coming out of uh, high school. They added uh, a couple of more um, out of the transfer portal, I think. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a different-looking team. Last year, their talent uh, on their roster was 66th, which is not good. Right. 
Like, not not good at all. Mississippi State's is 30th last year. Um, State had 17 four-stars. Arizona had three. So, and talent matters. But I'm just saying, you know, this is such a weird time. It's a, you know, Pac-12 game at their place, different kind of environment. It's one of those games where I just think State just needs to find a way. Just get out of there. Well, that'll be an interesting week for us in a couple of weeks when we discuss this because I'm going to go the opposite of you. I think State needs to win this game convincingly. If State if we, if State walks out of this game winning like 28-24, I mean, I, I'm not going to have a whole lot of faith in their ability to go to bat, go down to Baton Rouge and get a win. I'll put it that way. Now you you see it differently, and we'll talk we'll talk that through in a couple of weeks. But nothing about this Arizona team. I mean, I just don't think that this one game has anything to do with the other game. It's a game before playing at LSU. It could very easily be a trap game. It's not going you to know, make my de- it's not going to make my decision. I want to see how they play. If they play poorly, I'm I'm going to be concerned. If Arizona is able to move the football on them, that's going to be concerning for me. If Mississippi State is is unable to, you know, execute offensively, that's going to be concerning for me. They but should then the next week if that. they beat if they beat LSU, are you still concerned? Well, no, obviously I wouldn't be. So what's the Again, see, this is what you, this is what too many people do. I don't, I don't subscribe to this. Every week is a season, man. Every yeah, week but is a here's the problem. Here's here's the problem with what, with how you handle that. Okay, I, I agree with what you're saying. Every week is a season. You approach it that way, mm-hmm. but you make you make rash comments. You make things. You make suggestions that like a a, a coach, the hire that was made was not a good hire based on a game that you saw. You make it, you know, a player is not going to be able to cut it based on a game that you saw. I mean, maybe saying, you know, I'm concerned about this team, like you said, would be one thing. But to say, like, I'm changing my prediction, which is what you would probably do. I'm changing my prediction from eight well, wins to six. Like, yeah. that was, that's probably what you would do. Yeah, you're right. Like, okay, well, I, I was expecting you to argue that. So, I mean, I'm you not. Had, you have me stumped. If, if Mississippi State goes to Arizona and plays poorly, then I'm going to tell you that my the idea that I think they can beat Arkansas and Ole Miss is going to it might not be the same. If they come back the next week and they handle LSU, then get right back on board. You know, don't ever hold on to to an old idea, man. Change change your ideas when the, the information changes. That that's perfectly fine, but th- not the uh, prisoner of the moment ideas. Well, it's not even about being prisoner of the moment as much as it's it just is. about this is what you, all you can do is is judge off what you see. I, I like I said, I, I agree with that. I disagree with the premise that we're going to make a statement that week, a statement that you know this isn't going to work. This is we're not going to be able to. Just for you, that Monday show after this game, I'm going to make massive blanket statements. Things that are true. You're going to do that anyway. Is going to be. You're going this to. This program do that. needs to be shut down. You're going to do that anyway. <laughs> don't don't blame it on me. I'm blaming you. All right, let's. So Arizona, that's going to be an interesting debate for us in a couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one more opponent preview, and it's game week next week. We'll talk about the uh, the Memphis Tigers. Let's move on into the final segment of the day, and that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. I mean, I like steak. I know that you like steak. I know that you like hamburgers. I know that you like brisket and tri-tip and kebabs and everything else. 
And when I say steak, am I talking about sirloin? Am I talking about flank steak or skirt steak? Am I talking about ribeye or filet? I mean, there's just so many great options when we're talking about beef. And don't forget, every time you buy beef, not only are you treating your family to a great meal, you're helping out nearly, what is it, 16,000 of our local uh, Mississippi beef providers doing nearly a half billion dollars a year in agribusiness here in Mississippi. So don't just help yourself, help our state when you buy beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. I can already see Friday night, September 2nd, the line stretching all the way down from from Two Brothers' door to St. Joseph's. The the crowd buzzing, the barbecue, delicious. It's going to be a fantastic time. That's what's coming soon, Two Brothers this is the last week of summer for them and for us. So if you got a chance to head to Two Brothers today, tomorrow, anytime soon, take it. Get some great food. Have a great time right there in the heart of the Cotton District. Enjoy smoked Southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service, something every business promises you. Advantage Business Systems delivers on that promise. And I can tell you how I know that because they've been open for 47 years. And guys, It's just not possible to be open for that long and not to take care of your customers. So when you're looking for copiers, printers, laptops, computers, whatever it is for your business, you go to Advantage Business Systems. And when something goes wrong with those products, which it inevitably does, through no fault of yours or anybody else's, you just call Advantage Business Systems, and they're right there. They're there here in the state. They're not talking about out-of-state contractors. They're not talking about overseas call centers. It's easy, and it's easily taken care of. The number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Number three on the countdown. So I was talking to um, our friend Ryan Sparks. He was uh, was over at the house, obviously, with us on Sunday night. And, of course, if you don't know who Ryan is, uh, he is the curator of the Mississippi State History Twitter feed. Oh, did, did 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 he want to be unmasked? He knew that. he used to do a podcast on Bulldog oh, yeah, Sports right. Radio. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't yell. Don't yell at me. What's wrong with you? Everybody knows that that's him. Oh, anyway, I thought we were just privileged. No, we're, we 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 in no way are. Um, he asked me about this game. He said, "Where do you have it?" Because he has gotten on me in the past for not giving this game its due, and he's right. He's right, I haven't, and I should have. Mississippi State has only won one SEC championship, ever. This is the game that won it. And we've always made that comment about, man, what if the Egg Bowl could be what the Iron Bowl is, and the winner of that game is the SEC champion, or the winner of that game wins the West. It's only happened once. This was the game. 1941, Mississippi State 6, Ole Miss nothing. Mississippi State wins the SEC championship. Their season would end a week later with a win over San Francisco, and then the bombing of Pearl Harbor put an end to the season, and State's you know, only championship season ends without a bowl game. 6 nothing. Jennings Motes, the only touchdown in the game. Ole Miss thought they had tied the game uh, on a long touchdown pass, but it was ruled out of bounds, and then... One of the all-time legendary Mississippi State Maroons, Blondie Black, ends the Ole Miss drive uh, with an interception to secure the win. 
and State wins the only SEC championship it has in school history in 1941, 6-0 over the Rebels on a uh, cold November morning uh, there in Oxford. Game was in Oxford. Imagine not only winning, I mean, that's twice now. That game obviously wasn't for the West in terms of Ole Miss could have gone, the 1998 Egg Bowl. But both times State has clinched any kind of SEC honors, they've been able to do it in Oxford. That's kind of fun. Yeah. You know. Can't get much better than that. No, it really can't. So that's it. (coughs) That's number three. Good time. Do you think there were very many people alive uh, that saw this game? Still, I mean, if you were in your 20s in 1940, that is, that's 80 years ago. So no, probably not. Probably not a whole lot left. Maybe some teenagers in their 90s now. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, my mom... Well, I would love to hear the stories, though. Oh, yeah. I and mean, my mom wasn't born yet. My dad wasn't born yet. My grandparents were alive, but obviously they're both passed away. So, yeah. Yeah. Not a Same lot, not my a granddad. lot of, of those types. I mean, you got to think about it. The, the war is two weeks away from really cranking up on the, on the American... I mean, State had, I think, let me read this article here, uh, one player off the team died in a bombing raid over Japan, Harvey Boots Johnson. And then Buddy Elrod, who was state's first ever All-American, was actually imprisoned in a German POW camp. I mean, just think about that, dude. I Ultimate mean, have you sacrifice have, made there by some guy? Every now and then, I think about those people and what they were doing when they were 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And that whole entire football team and coaches and everything pretty much went all to went fight. to fight. Nuts. Yeah. Just nuts. It really is. It really is. It's a different time. All right. Tomorrow's show, like I said, we will unveil the media poll, the seventh annual Mississippi State media poll. Uh, Robbie and I have both voted. Everybody who covers the Mississippi State Bulldogs on the, from a local perspective has got their votes in. We'll tell you what they think of this team uh, next year. Plus, our final two games on the countdown number two, number one. There's no way you don't know what they are. Number two used to be number one. Now, number one is number one. We'll get all that tomorrow. Until then, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.